ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hello, and welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to tackle kind of a fun topic. Uh, When you saw the title of the episode, Raising Geniuses, um, let me just go ahead and clarify right off the bat, I'm not talking about raising an Einstein. (laughs) I don't think I have any Einsteins, although I think I have a few that might come close. And some of them are still developing their personalities and their interests and their creativities, so there is more yet to be seen. Um, But when I'm talking about genius, I'm not talking about an IQ of, I don't even know what the highest number is because I just know that I don't have it. Um, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something a little bit different. Uh, So that's what this episode is going to be. We're going to dive into the idea of raising geniuses um, and exactly what that word means. If we look back to the original um, Greek and Latin origins of the word genius and how you can foster an environment that will raise that kind of genius. So more on that to come in just a few moments. Um, But as I was thinking and kind of brainstorming this episode, I have been reading some different things recently. I've been just wholeheartedly immersed in our own homeschooling journey and the education of my children. Um, My children are getting to ages now. Um, I have an almost seven, five, three, one baby on the way. Um, But my older two are getting to where they're at an age where they're really starting to just soar in their interests, in their passions. I'm starting to see more of the person that they are, who they're becoming, who God created them to be. And it's just been a really cool experience as the mom, and even more specifically as the homeschool mom, to get a front row seat to their lives, to their learning, to their brains, and to see what each kid really thrives, what makes them them. How did God design them? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Um, How do they best learn? What is it that just sparks their imagination and their creativity? And um, while I paint that all in a wonderful light, sometimes it's not wonderful. Sometimes it requires a lot of work. Uh, Sometimes it brings tears. Sometimes it keeps me on my knees. Actually, often it keeps me on my knees. Um, We've had many conversations recently, Simeon and I, where I'm just like, I don't know how to be the best mom to these kids. And I want to be the mom that God created me to be. And the reality of my life now is I have a lot of littles. I have a lot uh, just in the responsibilities of home that keep me busy. Um, And sometimes I think I just don't have enough time to delve into everything that I want uh, to keep our home running smoothly, to keep our ministry uh, encouraged as Simeon leads that, to be the wife that I want to be, and to be the mom who just works out the nitty-gritty inner workings of her each of her children's brains. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I come before the Lord, and I say, God, you know all of this. Um, I, you know 
me. You know them. I know that you gave them to me and me to them. And help me to be a wise steward of the time and the ability and the understanding that I have and where I fail. Step in and do the work that only you can. Um, And in the midst of all of that, as I'm trying to learn how to best uh, encourage them to learn how their brains work, um, how their brains are developing, um, you know, because my older two, especially, the way their brains worked as a two and three year old is different than their how their brains are working as a five and seven year old. So it is a constant learning thing for me. Um, but as I am trying to be a student of my students, as I'm trying to just watch and learn and understand the way God has made them and perfectly crafted them, I'm trying to come alongside that and support that in the best way that I can um, so that when it comes time for them to launch from our home, that they will be ready and fully equipped to do whatever it is that God leads them to do. Now, does that that mean if they're going to be, you know, a rocket scientist, am I going to take them up to the precipice of stepping out into that field? Probably not. Uh, we won't even get close to the precipice. <laughs> there are things that uh, I'm good at and I'm strong in, and there are things that just missed the boat when a Brittany was designed. Um, thankfully, Simeon fills in a lot of those holes for me. Um, but in all of this, I just want to give my best. And more than anything, I just want to ignite a love for learning in their hearts because the longer that I mother, the more I spend time um, researching and delving into education, um, the more that I get to know God as our creator, the more I'm realizing that if you can light a passion in a person, in a child, to love to learn and to teach them to learn for themselves and to enjoy that process, um, you have set them on a trajectory that will end them who knows where, anywhere God wants them to go um, because they have found that learning is not something that has to be confined to a few hours a day. Um, Learning is not something that has to be just begrudged through or trotted through, but that it is a joy and it is a lifelong joy. It's not something that you check off the box when you graduate high school. Um, Lord willing, you continue to learn, you continue to grow, that it is a lifetime journey and that it is a wonderful one. It's a beautiful one. And that as we learn, as we grow, as we become more of the people that God has created us to be, so much beauty and excellence ensues from that. And that's really what I want my children to capture um, in their own hearts. But let's jump into this topic specifically of raising geniuses. So what do I mean? If I don't mean raising an Einstein or a Rockefeller, what do I mean when I say raising genius? So this uh, comes from a quote from the book that by Thomas Armstrong, Awakening Genius in the Classroom. I have not read this book, um, but I came across this quote and I thought it was so good. Armstrong argued that every child is a genius, not in the Einstein kind of way, but in the sense of the words Greek and Latin origins. The word genius means giving birth to one's joy. In other words, our children are geniuses at what brings them most joy. In education, then, genius essentially means giving birth to the joy of learning. Genius isn't awakened in a fancy kit or sophisticated syllabus, Armstrong writes, but in the simple but profound moments of an experience-rich childhood. I read that quote and I thought, wow, that is so good. 
And it is so true. This idea of genius is giving birth to one's joy, specifically in an academic realm, giving birth to the joy of learning. Um, and, you know, this isn't something that you can buy in a box set curriculum. Um, this isn't necessarily something that you can XYZ equals a genius who loves to learn. Um, but it's just the day in, day out, all of these simple moments that add up to something very profound, which is an experience-rich childhood. I think of Sally Clarkson when I think of this. She talks of this so often, how people are shaped, lives are formed, um, children are made in the day in, day out, diaper changes, cleaning the bathroom, making the dinner, the math lesson, the piano practice, um, the, you know, writing paragraph, all of these things that just in the moment can feel like daily mundane routine things. Um, it's habit upon habit upon habit over a period of time that then turns out a product. And um, like I said earlier, just in giving some testimony of this personally, of what I'm trying to foster in our home, in our home education, what Simeon and I's hearts are for our children and for the education of our children is really to raise geniuses in, in this sense of the word. Um, you know, not that our kids have to have the best IQ or make straight A's or have all these academic achievements. Each of our children has their own unique strengths and weaknesses. I've said it before on the podcast, but that has been one of the most surprising things in motherhood is that every child that I have is so different. And yeah, there are similarities because at the root of it all, we're all Brazzles and they all came from Simeon and Brittany. Um, but the, the reality that even though there's some overlap and there's similarities and there's things that make Simeon and I smile and think, oh, they're such a little me, they are their own unique people. And God has gifted them with their own unique abilities. And God is crafting them and creating them for a very specific and unique purpose. I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know what that is today. I don't know what that is tomorrow. I know what they're supposed to do today and how I can encourage that. Right now they're little. And so their job is to learn and to love and to obey. And so we're working on the day in, day out. But taking that long look... I don't know what God has for their future, um, but I do know that if I can do my best to ignite a love for learning in their hearts, that I will set them on a path that will, will serve them well. And I think one thing when I talk about this that I am convicted of and that I have to realize is if mama and even daddy, mommy and daddy, the parents... If you don't have a love for learning, it's going to be really, really difficult to encourage this in the lives of your children. Um, so just quite frankly, that is something that Simeon and I have had to step it up in in our own lives. Um, whether that means that we try to give more time to reading or to, um, you know, just random things. Uh, whatever God has given us an aptitude for, choosing those things that are excellent over things that are just um, mediocre in our own lives, and in choosing the excellent, in choosing to try to better ourselves and learn, and, um, you know, and this could be something as simple as I'm thinking for myself, you know, in the kitchen. 
I am always trying to learn. I am trying to get a little better at making homemade bread. I'm trying to expand my horizons a little bit in the cuts of meat that I choose. And that sounds like such a simple thing, but that's what it's saying. These simple things compound to make a profound impact. And your children see that. They see, um, you know, mommy's learning, daddy's reading. We're trying something new sometimes and oftentimes that brings mistakes and mess ups. But you keep going. You keep trying. And that is that allows you a platform to better encourage them to continue learning. I love this quote that I read um, by Ainsley Arment, uh, founder of The Wild and Free. She said, no one ever grows up dreaming of working in a cubicle. No one believes the highest expression of their lives will be the company picnic. These are young Picassos, Edisons, Goodalls, and Ginsburgs we are raising. If only we will set them for the potential each of them possesses. This brave new world doesn't start when our children leave the nest. It begins right now in the little universe that is our family our household. I read that quote to Simeon and he got this horrendous look and then snickered um, because for a while he had a cubicle job and it was oppressive. It squashed him. Uh, he did not, that, that wasn't what he was dreaming of. You know, for him, for his calling, he wanted to be out on the streets, talking to people, engaging with people, sharing the gospel. And I get that everybody has a different calling and a different career path and all of that. Um, but you know, they are right. When you ask a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you, I don't think I've ever heard a kid say, I want to be confined to a desk and a computer. No, they have big dreams. You ask my kid, and sometimes their dreams are, you know, crazy. <laughs> but we just smile and, well, you know, okay. Um, sometimes they're just absolutely humorous. My brother is 15 years younger than me. And I remember that uh, when he was little, he was maybe like four, he wanted to be a squirrel when he grew up. Why do you want to be a squirrel? Because I love trees. He just wanted to live in the trees because he loved looking up at the trees. And you know, that was humorous. And the reality is he's never going to grow up and be a squirrel. Um, but the little childhood heart of wonder behind that shone through that desire. Our children have so much potential. And I think it's good as parents to realize that the fostering of that doesn't start when they're a junior or senior in high school and you ask the big question, what are you going to do with your life? Or where they're trying to pick high school credits and uh, or college credits and figure out you know, where they're going and where they're headed and what they're going to major in. So much of that begins where I'm at right now, which is in the little years, giving them the freedom to, to explore, to engage, to embrace the wonder, to have creative and imaginative play, to have a feast of variety of books and music and literature and activities and things that they can explore to see what is it that lights that fire? What is it that engages that love for learning? We want them to be wonder-filled. A child that is fashioned by a wonder-filled life will cultivate inner strength, a confidence in his own ability to think, evaluate, and know. But those who influence children must fight to protect time for the imagination to have space to work. Um, I read this one quote 
by Sally Clarkson. It said, wonder is the engine that drives curiosity and propels a robust intellect. She went on to say, inside of your child, an Einstein, Beethoven, or Bach might be waiting to emerge if given an environment in which to bloom and grow. So all of these are referencing these like what we would legit term as geniuses. Um, But that could be inside of your child right now. What if Beethoven's dad had never given him piano lessons? Now, yeah, he started young. He made him practice way too much and it was quite harsh. Um, But what if his family would not have fostered that or given the opportunity for that? Um, all of that starts in the, the early of earliest of years and all of it starts with wonder. I think wonder is really that key that just unlocks so much for our children. And we are living in such a busy day and age where as adults, I think most of us have lost the ability to wonder, um, You know, we go outside and we don't see the things that our children see. Now, maybe that's because we're much taller than them and they have a different vantage point than us, but it would do us good to get down and to see what they see, to see the beauty, to see the creativity, to see all all of that around us. We get so buried in our schedules and in our emails and in all of the demands and responsibilities that adulthood brings, which rightfully so. I mean, we can't just have a free-for-all. We've got to take care of these children that God's put in our house. Um, And oftentimes us shouldering the adulthood responsibilities allows them the freedom to embrace the wonder. Um, But it would do us good as adults, I think, to try to get on their level and to see through the eyes of a child, to see wonder. You know, this has been so neat in having little ones, especially in that first year of life when everything is new. Things that I don't even take a second thought of because I've been doing them for 31 years now. You know, I remember the first time one of my babies put their feet in grass. Um, I remember one of the first times that my uh, child, uh, their feet touched the ocean water, things like that. The first time they went to the zoo and saw a lion, Um, things that are just so wonder-filled for them because it's so new and exciting. Um, trying to continue that, continue to build that wonder. Um, And I think that's where the love for learning really comes into play and giving your children a feast of excellent things, of things that they can foster their curiosity. Um, You know, we really like books in our homes. So we have a lot of books on a variety of topics. I mean, you pick a topic and we probably have a kid's book to go with it. Um, I've made that an important part of our home because having a love for learning is a part of our family culture. And we feel like having a feast of books is directly connected to that. Um, But I have seen one of my children's wonder soar as they have had the opportunity to, they're learning about something in school. They're listening to a podcast about something. They see a bug or a flower on our nature walk and they want to go find the book and they want to look up more and they want to learn more. Um, One of my children has recently got interested in cooking. So I have some kids' cookbooks, and uh, oftentimes I will find them scouring through that, looking up ingredients, finding uh, new terms that they don't know, making their own cookbooks, drawing their own cookbooks. Um, so I've, I've loved seeing that in my own children, and I see that, and sometimes I just sit back and think, uh, where will this lead one day? 
Where, where will they end up? What could they become? Only God knows, but I am so excited that I get to be the mama that gets to watch, that gets to have a part in the day in, day out crafting of these little souls. So we've talked about raising a genius, what it means, um, some of the reasons behind it, why I feel like it's so important. I've even given a few ideas of kind of what that looks like in our own home as I'm trying to light this fire of, of, of imagination and of learning. And so I want to talk a little bit about just some of the different aptitudes that children can have. Um, Because you have some kids that are just good at everything they touch. I have a child like that. They just, whatever they do, they excel in. Um, But then there's some children that they tend to be a little more um, better at art versus numbers or things like that. That's kind of where I fall. Not the art versus numbers. I'm actually not good at either of those, but um, I like words. I like language. I like books. Um, So we all kind of have a a place that we fall. But I was reading something, um, again, actually, the Thomas Armstrong, I was reading an article that was referencing uh, some of his work. And so he described several different types of intelligence. Okay, so the first one is logical mathematical intelligence. So these people tend to be gifted in math, science, computer programming. Um, That would be my simian. Then you have spatial intelligence. So uh, these people are gifted in art, invention, design, bodily kinesthetic intelligence, gifted in sports, dance, acting, hands-on learning. Uh, It could be a musical intelligence, gifted at singing, songwriting, playing instruments. There could be an interpersonal intelligence. They're gifted at leading, social direction, and being a sympathetic friend. It could be an intrapersonal intelligence, gifted at entrepreneurship, goal setting, vision, independence. Um, it also, there's a naturalist intelligence, gifted at nature, caring for pets, animals, tracking, collecting. Um, this is not comprehensive, but this is a really good, broad look at different um, areas of intelligence, different aptitudes. And maybe you heard one of those and thought, okay, my child falls in this one and this child falls in that one. Um, and in all of that, we have the ability to help cultivate that in our children. Maybe they cross into multiple ones. Um, Maybe our children are little. Some of mine are little, and I don't know where they're going to land yet. Um, But it's neat to see, even as as toddlers, um, certain things develop. I know my toddler is very nurturing. Um, She loves to be kind and sweet to babies and to animals and things like that. Um, so I don't know where that will lead her, but I could see her maybe being interested in that. And and I understand that, you know, that resources and books and games and activities and experiences, it all requires money at the bottom line. Um, and we're limited on what we can invest in. Um, but I think when we come to education and uh, learning and things like that, when you can, um, or even choosing to make it a priority over other things if need be, um, this is a good area to invest in. I'm thankful that we have invested in the library that we have for our kids. That means that we've had to um, not invest in Netflix or something like that. Um, but it is it has been a blessing. I'm glad that we have um, tried to make margin to invest in things like a zoo pass or um, something like that to really help foster some of these things that we're working on cultivating in our home and with our kids. So those are just different things to think about when you're thinking about your child's intelligence and their aptitudes. It goes so far beyond 
um, book work and testing and what their grades might be. Um, you know, sometimes... I know for myself personally, there were subjects that I had straight A's in, but it was not something that lit a fire that wanted me to continue um, to pursue with wonder and passion. Um, It just happened to be something that I was good at or I could test well at. Um, So I think it was really good for me to see those different areas of intelligence um, that went beyond uh, a really heavy academic look um, and just saw more of a person as a whole and different interests that they might have. Okay, so let's wrap this up just talking about some nitty gritty. Okay, so how do we do this? How do you go about this? What can this look like in normal life? Uh, Sally Clarkson quote, again, said, planting good intellectual seeds, sowing seeds of spiritual formation, and then caring for them by providing the sunshine of love, watering with intentionality and character training, protecting from culturally destructive influences, and fertilizing with opportunities and relationships causes them to grow. And I love that because I feel like it takes a, a something that we could make feel so complex. Um, you know, maybe you're listening and I've said all of what I've said to this point and then you look at it and think, wow, that's quite the job. How am I going to have the responsibility of raising a genius? Um, but what does it take? She says love, intentionality, character training, protecting them, being careful, being a gatekeeper of what you let in your home, what you let influence their minds and their hearts, and giving them opportunities and relationships which cause them to grow and flourish. Um, that's really the core of it. That That's the crux. That's the foundation of what you need and where you want to start. As Sally went on to say, we desire to give specific training in the areas of interest that would enhance their individual lives and give them a love of and interest in learning independently for the rest of their lives. That's one thing that I really, really, really love about homeschooling um, that Simeon and I appreciated about our opportunity to be homeschooled in our later years. And one of the reasons why we chose to be a homeschool family in and of ourselves is that the education can be perfectly tailored for the child, for their needs, for their strengths, for their weaknesses, for their desire for wonder. Now, just because one kid loves animals, that doesn't mean we're going to completely ignore you know, math and language arts. But it does give us the opportunity, especially as they get older, as they show more of an interest, as we might start be getting a vision into some of, okay, this is maybe what God wants me to do with the rest of my life. Um, You can really hone in on those skills and have the freedom and the time um, that 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 mode of education provides. Um, another quote from Sally Clarkson, and let me just say these Sally Clarkson quotes are coming from her book, Awaking Wonder. I had the joy and privilege of being on the book launch team for that, and it was just so good. I mean, her book, whether I helped launch it or not, was just fabulous, um, but it was a special treat to get to help her in a very, 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 very small way um, with a large panel of other women, um, but to help get that book out into the world because it is so, so good. I have so much of that book highlighted, um, and it's not just for homeschooling families. It's for families in general. If you have children, you want to read Awaking Wonder by Sally Clarkson. It is stellar, um, but another quote 
from her book. It says, make it a goal to give your child an environment in which they can be curious about ideas, stories, and people. Provide an atmosphere that respects their unique personalities and drives. Offer a buffet of subjects and experiences that will engage them in thinking, evaluating, discussing, interacting, and shaping their own love of learning and growing intellectually. An education that requires personal participation and pondering was at the heart of our learning model. And I love that. Again, Sally's wisdom is just uh, so great to glean from when it comes to education. Um, But I thought that was really good. A quote by John C. Maxwell said, One of the great values of mentors is the ability to see ahead what others cannot see and to help them navigate a course to their destination. I mean, that's really what we get to do as parents. We get to see a little bit forward, and what we can't see, we get to believe forward in the lives of our children, and we get to help them navigate the course. And I I pray that as Christian parents that we are doing that, uh, letting the Lord be our guide, um, doing it with much prayer, doing it hand in hand as a team, husband and wife, trying to guide the ship that God has given us to steer, direct these little lives, um, and not control. You know, we don't want to um, force our kids to be the things that we never were able to achieve or whatnot, Um, but to see the potential that is in them. No one can see that like a parent. Um, No one gets that front row glimpse into their lives, into their hearts, into their minds like the parent. So as the parent, as the Christian parent, um, as you are linking hands with God and then holding the hand of your child uh, together as a couple, leading them in a direction that does inspire wonder, that does give this love for learning, this passion and zeal for life um, with the ultimate goal of raising geniuses, raising kids who love to learn, who grow up to be adults, who love to learn and continue to grow. You know, our kids were created for a purpose. We were created for a purpose. If you don't believe that yourself, um, that's, that's first. You need to fully understand and realize that God created you for a purpose. And if you don't know what that is, um, find it out. Um, if you're married and you, and you still don't know what that purpose is for you or for your family, ask God to show that to you. Um, because we all have something that we were created for. And in my own life, I feel like nothing has been so joyous and freeing as finding what God created me for. That that releases me from a lot of self-doubt, of criticism, of, you know, when difficulty arises. Um, I I know that my calling is rooted in Christ and that this is what I am created for. And that has been a joy, you know, um I in my mind, I was specifically thinking about no higher calling, um, but broader than that, you know, God has called us to be missionaries to a whole different country than where we grew up, where we ever knew. Um, and that's brought difficulties. That's brought hardships. That's brought um, things that we have had to navigate through. But there is a deep joy in that because we know we were created for this. So mama, first know that you are living your created purpose. And then encourage your children that they have a created purpose and that they get the privilege and the opportunity of living that 
out. And I think that is so lacking in our world today, in the coming generations, is we see this identity crisis in the world as a whole. There's a listlessness. There's purposelessness. There's floundering. Um, Kids grow up not knowing what they were created for, or even that they were created for something. Um, but I think if, as parents, um, even beyond that, if you have any influence on the life of a child, if you can help them see the truth that God has something so special for them, that he made every fabric of their DNA for a purpose, ultimately for his glory, but for their good as well, for them to bring him glory, for them to enjoy him as their creator. I think that that just puts them on a on the uh, the beginning of a path that then allows them to walk that out pursue that discover what that means and part of the joy is found in the path of discovery. Part of that, especially as the parent, you know, one day, Lord willing, my children will be living out their purpose in their own lives, with their spouses, with their children, with their family units. And I pray that I still get to be a very big part of that. Um, But it will look different than this season. But in this season, we are hand in hand walking out the discovery of that purpose. And there is such joy in that. Um, And I just hope that as I am seeking to walk this path, as I am seeking to raise my little geniuses, that the Lord will just help me as mama, um, will equip me, will give me the patience and the open eyes to see what I need to see, to take the time that I need to take, to look in front of me, to see the wonder around me, and to help encourage that in my children, and to just set their little hearts and minds on fire for the potential that they could have as they live out the lives that God created them to live. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.